0: Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about adhesive capsulitis or the frozen shoulder. We're going to talk about who's at risk and how to identify it. Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the OrthoEvalPal podcast. My name is Paul Marquis, your host, and today we're gonna have a great time talking about adhesive capsulitis. I thought this would be very appropriate because I'm from Caribou, Maine. I don't know if many of you are familiar with where Caribou, Maine is, but it's really the most northeastern city in the United States. And we've been averaging a high of about minus five lately, and about minus 25 degrees Fahrenheit with the chill. so it is super super cold up here and I thought how fitting since I started this shoulder series that we talk about adhesive capsulitis or the frozen shoulder so I thought uh, that would be something we could talk about today I love treating adhesive capsulitis I always have and it's not because it causes a lot of pain to patients when I'm stretching them but it's because To me, it is something that can save the system a lot of money by not having to use a lot of diagnostic testing. You can clinically figure this out really easily. Patients generally get better with your guidance over time. Very few people require surgery from this and I think that um, it, it is, like I said, it's something that's easy to identify and very, very treatable. So. Let's talk a little bit about adhesive capsulitis and what it is. So we talked about in the, first, in the most recent episode, episode 12, about anatomy. We talked about this glenohumeral capsule that surrounds the glenohumeral joint. It's a very fibrous structure. And um, when people develop adhesive capsulitis, there's something that starts this inflammatory process that causes a scarring of this tissue. It becomes hardened. And there's a, a deposition of collagen fibers and it becomes really stiff, very tight and very painful. The capsule itself is very, very neurally innervated and so can cause a lot of discomfort. And it can look like many other things. It can look like impingement. People can act like they have a rotator cuff tear, but they don't. Um, and sometimes these things come on really gradually. So early on, they're very, very hard to identify. So What I want to do today is talk to you a little bit about, you know, who's at risk and how do we identify it. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about how to treat it and uh, some of the different treatment options out there and kind of an algorithm of how you would manage these uh, types of patients. So, So who's at risk? First of all, you see this more in females than you do in males. And you'll often see this in people between 40 and 60 years old. So getting your, you can almost identify these people with adhesive capsulitis just by doing a good subjective evaluation and asking the right questions, okay? The other thing that we see quite often are women who are perimenopausal. They seem to be at higher risk. And then diabetics. So dia, if you have diabetes, you already have a 10 to 20% chance of developing a, a frozen shoulder. So always keep that in mind when you see somebody who comes in with a tight shoulder, ask them if they are diabetic. And I'll tell you a little story. I had this lady about six months ago who came to see me with severe, severe adhesive capsulitis on one side. She had just, um, had thyroid cancer and, uh, but was not diabetic. She didn't think she was diabetic. And so we treated her a little bit. She ended up moving to another town and uh, but is still following with one of our clinics. Well, just recently, I bumped into her at one of our clinics and found out that she recently found out that she did have diabetes along with this thyroid that had been removed earlier. So, and she was also in the perimenopausal uh, stage of her life. So all of these things kind of paint a picture of adhesive capsulitis, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, there are a significant number of people with thyroid problems that also have adhesive capsulitis. And to totally be honest with you, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of people with adhesive capsulitis and almost all of them had some sort of a thyroid issue. So much to the point that now when I see somebody and I'm almost positive they have an adhesive capsulitis and I ask them if they have a thyroid problem and they're not sure, I tell them to talk to their family doctor about it and to have it checked because it is so significantly associated with adhesive capsulitis that I always look at that. Now, other things that we are finding that are contributing factors are males of Northern European descent are also at higher risk of developing adhesive capsulitis. I see many folks um, from that area that, uh, that have adhesive capsulitis. So why is that important? Well, it's important to know that because when somebody comes into the clinic, maybe they've had a rotator cuff repair or they're going to have a rotator cuff repair or maybe some sort of other shoulder surgery. It's good to identify if they have, um, if they are of Northern European descent because they're at higher risk of developing adhesive capsulitis. So you'd wanna treat these people a little sooner after shoulder surgery so they don't stiffen up too quickly. And the other association that we find here are people with Dupuytren's contractures are also significantly at significantly higher risk of developing adhesive capsulitis. And I see a very close correlation between Dupuitrins and males of Northern European descent. So keep that in mind before these folks go in for surgery or while you're treating them and make sure that you keep an eye on their their range of motion so they're not regressing and they're not stiffening up. this can also be caused by a traumatic event. Uh, you know a trauma to the shoulder it you develop inflammation to the capsule that capsule reacts starts to lay down some collagen starts to become tight and then becomes a problem down the road and uh, one of the other uh, more interesting findings is that there can be a hereditary component so ask your patient you know do you have a family history of uh, mom or dad or brothers or sisters who have tight shoulders or painful shoulders And, uh, or or who have a history of adhesive capsulitis, because just asking all of these questions that I just talked to you about, the last nine questions, eight, nine questions can really help tell you if this patient has adhesive capsulitis. So how do we as practitioners identify a little bit better than just asking those, you know, who's at risk questions? So there's really no need for diagnostic imaging when it comes to adhesive capsulitis, A good clinical exam and asking these questions can really help identify it, okay? You should get diagnostic imaging like an x-ray if somebody comes in and they have limited range of motion and they have a considerable amount of crepitus, and I'm talking about like a clunking, snapping type of um, crepitus that also is painful at the time, okay, because I had, this did happen to me and I'll be the first to tell you, I had a gentleman who was in here, uh, he was diabetic, he was the right age of uh, male of Northern European descent and had lost emotion in all positions and we started treating him and I probably you know, did about a week to two weeks of treatment and he couldn't even withstand very, very light passive range of motion, very light exercise and he had not had an x-ray before coming to see me but he had this considerable crepitus in his shoulder so we sent him for an x-ray, and he had virtually a destroyed glenohumeral joint. He had no hyaline cartilage left. There was no more joint space. He underwent a total shoulder replacement and did very well. Um, it was a little bit stiff afterwards, but we treated that, and that came along nicely. So we don't want to miss that severely arthritic shoulder that looks like an adhesive capsulitis. So if you have a lot of crepitation and it's very clunky, uh, I would definitely look into uh, having an x-ray of that shoulder just to make sure there isn't something else going on there. Here is the, the biggest thing you could do to help diagnose this. Ask the patient to actively flex, then abduct, then internally rotate, then externally rotate their shoulders. If they have limitation of range of motion compared to the other side in all four positions, or in all of those motions, then it's likely they have adhesive capsulitis. This here though is what confirms it. You then take the patient's arm and bring it through passive range of motion. And generally, you will not be able to passively range it much more than how they actively ranged it, okay? So when passive range of motion is very slightly better than active range of motion in multiple uh, ranges, you can almost guarantee they have an adhesive capsulitis. So, the other um, the other thing I see is is the common problem where they can't snap you know a woman can't snap her bra, men have a hard time putting their belt loop in, or they can't take a wallet out of their back pocket, and they're kind of restricted. They have a hard time reaching for the alarm clock or getting that arm into the sleeve of a jacket, um, and they always have to put that arm in first. That's also a sign. Something you need to remember though about adhesive capsulitis. Once you treat it, it's not likely you'll get it back in the same side. Okay, that's what I have seen through my experience. I have only had one lady out of the hundreds of people that I have seen who came back with uh, a recurrent episode of adhesive capsulitis in the same side. She had uncontrolled diabetes. She was perimenopausal, having a hard time uh, with that. She was the right age range, and um, she also had a thyroid condition. So she really had all of the above. And so... um, you know keep that in mind that it doesn't typically happen on on the same side but it can certainly happen on the other and that the patient needs to recognize that that can happen so they can get in for some early treatment because adhesive capsulitis is very treatable doesn't need to go to surgery very often but in our next episode we'll be talking about how do you manage adhesive capsulitis and how do you treat it And for those of you who are uh, occupational therapists, physical therapists, or assistants, and actually do manual treatment of these, we're going to be doing a uh, a shoulder course, uh, hopefully in 2018, where we can talk about all of these things, talk about these manual techniques, about how do you actually physically uh, treat those folks. And we've had a great success rate with these, so uh, make sure you stay tuned and uh, Keep an eye out for our our newsletter, sign up on our website to make sure that you do get our newsletters and uh, we will send you mailings uh, about when we do these and uh, hope uh, that we can see you there. So I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Again, uh, I love adhesive capsulitis. If you have any questions, contact us, Uh, please. I would love a a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, That would be greatly appreciated. And any comments you might have, please send them my way and I would be more than happy to address them. So I want you all to have a great day. I hope everything is warmer where you are than where it is with us. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.